Hello, my name is Stephen Smith, the owner of 3Pi Squared, and this is the ABA Business Leaders Podcast. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you a little bit about our membership program. 3Pi Squared has helped over 700 ABA practices start up and expand. Our membership has over 45 hours of content from experts in the fields of law, accounting, diversity and inclusion, childhood development, mindfulness, business development, HIPAA compliance, marketing and branding, billing, and more. We also have discounts on things like our 3Pi Squared handbooks, professional liability insurance, background checks, HIPAA compliant email, contacts, calendars, and cloud storage. The membership also includes 33 CEUs, live Ask Us Anything events where you can come on and ask your questions as you're going through the program. And in our app, you can also add anonymous questions and get your answers. To learn more about the membership, please go to our website, www.3pisquared.com and click on ABA Business Leaders. And now let's get to the episode. Hello, my name is Stephen Smith. Today, we are going to be talking about mindful living. And this is not just workplace. This is personal and and a workplace mindful living. So as I said, this, this isn't uh, just for the workplace. In this presentation, uh, we'll be going over some helpful tips that you can carry over into your daily life. And some, if not all, will benefit your workday. But the goal here is, uh, the intention is to get some more enjoyment uh, from life, even if it's just a little bit more. And, you know, we'll, we can discuss why sleep is so important, uh, some tips on mindful driving, shutting off work, and, you know, we're also going to discuss nutrition, uh, movement awareness, and then uh, finishing it off, there'll be some daily tasks that uh, we can all deal with to address them in a more present way. Sleep. What, why is sleep so important? But the importance of sleep, like there's, there's so many benefits to getting enough sleep. Um, healthy sleep patterns will increase energy, concentration, productivity, emotional health, lower the occurrence of emotional and physical burnout. And what are the steps? And there are many ways to get better sleep, right? But steps uh, for healthy sleep patterns to improve happiness and efficiency. Some really, I don't know, I, I personally don't like washing dishes, folding laundry, but they have been shown to be very effective to reduce anxiety and stress, and um, you can fall asleep quicker. So just tasks that are repetitive, that don't take a lot of thought, uh, can really help with this, right? So shutting off the TV, and, and when you're doing these things, you know, it would be just washing the dishes or just folding the laundry. Um, so we don't want, you know, 24-7 news, or we don't want to be scrolling Facebook in between, uh, right? These things will not help. 
Uh, so we want to put our devices away while we're doing these things before bed. And then, you know, putting the devices away when it's sleep time. So, you know, charging them uh, in a different room, finding an actual alarm clock, uh, you know, things like that. And the goal here would be to try and get seven to nine hours of sleep a night would be wonderful. Seven would be great if we could get there. But this does not include the time that you spend falling asleep. So, you know, if you are scrolling on Facebook and then you shut off your device and put it down and then, you know, it takes you two hours tossing and turning to get to sleep, that would not be included in the seven hours, right? So, and and then we're, we're going to try to create an environment for restful quality sleep. Cool, dark, and quiet seems very obvious, um, but, you know, those things will certainly help uh, with good quality sleep. Creating a routine certainly helps going to bed and waking up at similar times in the evening and the mornings. Um, You know, it takes 21 consecutive days for any action to be a habit. And, you know, this is a, a goal, at least, would be to do like a maybe a 30-day challenge to try and try and get this in place. Something else that can be very helpful, uh, and this helps me quite a bit, is just practicing uh, some mindful meditation as you sleep, focusing, calming thoughts, long breaths uh, to relax your body and mind. And we do have some meditations in curiosity-based management uh, that are for sleep. So I would check those out. Those can be very helpful. And then, you know, upon waking up each morning, practicing again, another meditation can be very helpful as you wake up. Drinking a glass of water with a freshly squeezed lime at room temperature can also be very helpful. Driving. Driving, you know, something we need to acknowledge about driving is that, uh, and you could probably, you probably already know this, at least subconsciously, that's why there's a lot of road rage. Uh, you know, driving is super stressful, uh, depending on the location that you're in. I'm going to assume that a lot of us are spending a lot of time driving. So even uh, just a few tips to change our perspective and make it just a little bit less stressful can help, right? Some of these may not feel, <laughs> these may leave you feeling with some anxiety, but I would, I would urge you to try them and see what happens. Um, but driving in silence, uh, you know, while music can be entertaining and news can be informative, driving without these distractions allows you to focus more energy and mind space on self-reflection and surrounding uh, and the surrounding observations noting what you see this is trying to keep you in the present moment when we're in the present moment we just we don't feel as stressed and we don't feel as anxious so noting what you see different cars what color they are people trees stoplights whatever it may be you know just noting them as you're driving Uh, Turning cell phones off, you know, a lot of phones now have, you know, uh, do not disturb while driving. So that can be very helpful. Obviously not texting, not emailing, um, even phone conversations when driving. If we can limit these or take them out of the way completely, this will help tremendously, not only with the amount of risk involved in driving, um, 
but it again, it allows you to stay in the present moment, decrease stress when you're driving. You know, this one is easier said than done, but remaining calm in heavy traffic with erratic drivers, uh, dangerous road conditions, all of these contribute to stress while driving. And so, you know, the idea here is just to say, okay, I know that this is going to happen and it, it, there's nothing that I can do to change my situation, but I can acknowledge that these things cause stress and they fill me with anxiety and allowing those things to be here instead of wishing them away or saying people shouldn't be like this, right? Should leads us to wanting something different. And when we want our current situation to be different, that leads to stress and anxiety. So if we can acknowledge that this is just the way it is, this can change your perspective enough to decrease the stress of the situation. Ways that uh, that can help with this is asking questions like, where where these people are going? What, what, what do you think they're going to do? You know, uh, this, again, it's easier said than done, but that uh, person that just cut me off must be in a rush to get somewhere. Maybe they're going to the hospital to see a relative, or maybe they're going to pick up their child. Uh, maybe they need to go get groceries for their um, parents. Like we don't know where they're going, right? But if we can humanize the situation a little bit more, instead of dehumanizing them as just another object in our way, as a barrier for us to get somewhere, this can really change the perspective enough that we're not wishing the situation away and we can be a little bit more present. So we're all, again, we're all trying to get somewhere, right? That's why everyone is on the, the road, right? Maybe they're going to pick someone up, a loved one at the airport, you know, they're, they're going to see a sick friend or family member, like I said. So, you know, when I see others as people, instead of, like I said, a, a barrier or an obstacle to get around, I, I'm just less likely to get angry. Just, that's just a fact, right? Again, I'm bringing out, some curiosity and it decreases my stress, my anxiety, my frustration. Another, again, this can be difficult, but another very helpful method and, and you will be surprised at how helpful this can be, right? And the intention here, again, you know, going back to the intention of what we're trying to do, none of us want to be stressed. None of us want to be anxious, right? So we have a choice. We can be righteous or we can be less stressed. And so if we come in, you know, we get into the car, our intention is that we're going to have a, a less stressful drive to work. This can be super helpful. Expressing positive wishes. When a driver cuts you off or they pass you aggressively, they give you that salute that everyone loves, right? This can really, allowing yourself to get upset, again, increases stress, wishing them well and taking that deep breath, you know, that can, you would be surprised at how much that can change things. And, you know, we're, again, you know, I say this all the time, but as I do this stuff myself, I probably wouldn't win an Olympic medal for some of the times that I've tried this. But the more you try this, the easier it will get. Um, and, and this is surprisingly helpful and it, it can really decrease the anger. Um, and then, you know, again, just being in that present moment, being conscious of your breath. 
something that can be super helpful um, is at a stoplight or a traffic light, just taking some breaths and, and seeing where you're at. Like, are you, do you have white knuckles right now? Are you just squeezing the steering wheel? Like, is there tension in your neck and your jaw? What are you thinking and feeling right now, right? With each exhalation, breathing into that stress and acknowledging it's here, right? And again, that can change the perspective of the drive. And then once you have arrived, you know, you shut the key, you turn, turn the engine off, and then I would highly recommend grounding, whatever method of grounding you have, but taking some breaths, feeling your feet on the floor, hands on your legs, whatever it may be, and just taking a few moments, maybe a minute, anywhere from a minute to three minutes, something like that, um, and, and just coming to the present moment and just acknowledging how stressful that situation may have been for you. Another big one, shutting off work. Um, and some of you may look at this and say, impossible, uh, and, and I totally get it. But we, we have to stop working, right? We just have to. Taking breaks for yourself and your loved ones creates an atmosphere that brings joy. And that really is what we're going for here. We want to have joy in our lives. That's why we work. We want to have purpose and joy in our lives. So taking breaks for yourself, super important. So turning off work devices. If you have spare devices, put work on one device that you can shut off. If you can, uh, requesting a work-only device. Boundaries, super critical. And this is really compassion, right? Compassion is not a passive thing. It is a boundary system. So using compassion with your own personal values allows boundaries. And this is, a, again, with values, you can point, okay, no, what do I value more? This email or time with my friends and family right now? Um, because it is important that we understand what we value. You know, and empathy can be a wonderful quality, is a wonderful quality. But if your empathy for others is controlling your actions with no regard for your personal well-being, this is burnout, right? This leads to burnout. And if you're burnt out, you are no good to anyone, including yourself, right? Including work. So we have to take stock of this and understand that we need time. Everyone needs time. We are not robots. We need time for ourselves and our friends. Uh, it is important. So we need to advocate for ourselves. And it may seem obvious to others, right, that others should know that we need a break. But sometimes we're all caught up in things, right? We're, we're, and we're just not seeing the warning signs of others. Most of the time when we come, and I say this is curiosity-based management, when we come in, there is a lot of burnout going on. So when you're stuck in these recursive loops, you're just trying to survive. You're not thinking of others right now, right? You're trying to stay afloat. And we all need to advocate for ourselves. You know, and, and if you're advocating for yourself, this can help your team too, right? So help your team while you're advocating for yourself. And, you know, as I mentioned, if you're anxious, stressed, or burnt out, this doesn't help anyone. So we need to, we need to be able to take breaks and find joy and purpose outside of work. 
So creating routines, this uh, creating routines can be super helpful, but I will say, uh, and this is from my experience, there's a fine line between <laughs> too much structure and not enough structure. And if you create a calendar event for every single line item that you have, what this can do is can have the opposite effect, right? So if you have everything back to back to back and say, okay, this, this is when I, I work out, I wake up, I, I work out, I have my coffee, I have my breakfast, then I, I have my next thing and my next thing. And, you know, you get behind, you sleep in, uh, and, and now you're, you're constantly behind. What I find is that, you know, this calendar is just nags at me, right? It just says, oh, look, you can't do this. You're not good enough. So you, it's great to have a routine, but there needs to be a balance there, right? Um, between too much flexibility and too much structure. So you really need to play around with this, right? Because the idea is not to create more anxiety, it's to create a balance, right? We're, again, this is a constant balancing act and, and we're trying to create an atmosphere of joy and well-being. So, you know, meditation, a yummy meal in a beautiful place, a walk, a jogging, all of this can be part of a routine. But if you say, okay, I have to meditate for 15 minutes and then I have to eat my yummy meal in a beautiful place uh, and that can only take 45 minutes because then I have to have a 35-minute jog, that may be too much structure. Now, some people will love that and that's great for them. But if you you know, if you're finding that your routine is so structured that it's causing anxiety, then we may want to back that up a little, right? And so, again, for me, too much structure, too much scheduling in a day just leaves me stressed. It makes me feel like I'm failing because I can't get everything done. So the intention has to be for creating routine to find joy wherever you can, and not to cause more anxiety. Because uh, the idea here is we're giving ourselves a break, and, and that is the most important part of this. And now we'll talk about nutrition, and you know this goes without saying, but it's super important, depending on, again, depending on your health, before making any significant diet changes, really having a talk with your doctor uh, is, is important. And again, obvious, but the food is the fuel that keeps your body functioning. Nutrition awareness then is, is being mindful of the fuel you put in your body so that you'll function at your highest levels. And some basic ideas around food intake is trying to keep sodium levels low. Now you can't take sodium out of everything and sodium is important for your body. Uh, the you, know, you can lower your intake by eating, you know, whole natural foods, less processed, less fast food, you know, using uh, as little salt as possible without sacrificing flavor. Because again, food is very important for joy and well-being as well. Um, so we, we still want to be able to taste our food and enjoy our food. Probiotics and omega-3. So, you know, eat food and supplements that contain omega-3 and probiotics. Uh, these are wonderful ways to improve gut health, which is super important, um, and it can reduce the risk of high blood pressure, heart disease, and, and you know many other diseases. You know, and I've already mentioned, but uh, avoiding processed foods so whenever possible. 
uh, eating fresh food. And, you know, I think that we all probably know this by now, uh, but they're just high in sugar and they're high in sodium for a reason. And, you know, this uh, obviously can lead to obesity and heart disease and many other issues. Um, researching foods that fit your eating lifestyle, eating patterns, you know, avoiding fad diets is probably a good idea. Uh, but intermittent fasting is a big thing right now that, again, working with a doctor can help. And then, you know, just as you're more present uh, and mindful, you can really find out which foods cause you to fall asleep at, at two o'clock every day or versus a food that kind of keeps you going um, during the day. And then, you know, times of day can also be challenging. So certain foods are better than others at certain times of the day. And again, consulting a nutritionist, consulting your doctor to find out, you know, what, what are best practices. It's a really good idea. And then mindful eating. I do this myself and it has been so effective for, for myself. When I started my mindful practice, I was, among other things, completely obese. Um, I was close to 300 pounds. Um, and with just some simple mindful eating practices and a mindfulness uh, program, uh, I was able to lose 60 pounds. It's just as important as the foods we eat, but the way that we eat. Uh, so following these practices can certainly help and they have helped me so much, right? So listening to your body, your body will tell you when you've had enough and when you need to eat. And in order to know what your body is telling you, you really have to slow down, you know, chewing your food thoroughly, drinking water at, at meals can also help, uh, but this will uh, help you with overeating and it, it also improves your digestion uh, and then focus on what you're eating taking your time eliminating distractions so shutting off the cell phone uh, savoring the moment eating with others and, and use this time to connect with them as well as your food and then being aware of your feelings this is a big one for me um why am i eating right now is it because i had a really bad day and I'm, I'm doing some comfort eating right now? Or is it because I am really hungry? Avoiding, avoiding eating when you're angry or sad, this can actually cause poor digestion. And then, you know, similar to we talked about a routine, but creating a consistent schedule can be super helpful. So eating at the same times of the day can uh, establish consistent routines. Um, and then your body kind of knows when it's going to get it. It becomes more of a habit. But I, I again, I would say that, you know, if, if you're getting hooked on the times and this causes more anxiety and more frustration, which could lead to more overeating, then we've gone the wrong direction. So just be aware of that, what our intention is by creating a schedule. Sometimes it's impossible to create a schedule and that is okay. Now we're going to talk a little bit about movement, but again, you know, talking to your doctor before you make any significant changes in exercise but even just a few minutes of daily movement can just the benefits are just so great. 
boosting self-confidence, improving sleep, decreasing stress, and just improving your overall health. And, you know, to create a, a lasting habit, it's really starting off slow. Even just a few minutes, not trying to push yourself, right? Like we, we know this happens quite often, but January 1, my, my New Year's resolution is I'm going to exercise uh, every day. And by exercising, I mean I'm going to exercise for an hour. And if I don't exercise for an hour every day, then I failed, right? And that's just too much, especially if you have not been exercising for years, right? So we just want it a few minutes a day, right? And, and that's the idea is to do it every day. And this can help with habit uh, formation. So it's better to do it two minutes a day than 20 minutes every other day. Uh, if we're talking about habit creation, the more consistency we can do every day, the the easier it is to form this habit and have a lasting effect. Again, we're trying to create a habit here. So even, and it doesn't have to be like, okay, I have to go out and I have to jog and I haven't jogged in 15 years. <laughs> That's not what we're trying to do. This could cause injury, you know, uh, there, there could be many issues with doing that. So you know, just a slow walk, anything, right? We just want to start this process and get this habit going. We don't have to push ourselves. Let's make it easy. And, and then again, we're going to look at this as a small step and we're going to celebrate this small step with some gratitude and joy. And that will just build on this habit. Um, you know, and we'll talk about this in other, other ways, but uh, team challenges can really help with this, maybe a 30-day challenge, uh, and then you can do like a 5K at the end of the challenge maybe. You know, there are many ways that you can do it, um, building up to like a, a team walk for a good cause. And then, you know, trying not to judge yourself, and especially if you haven't been active in a while, right? We want to we do this gently and be kind to ourselves. Because judging ourselves, using hateful self-talk typically will not give us the results that we want for lasting change. This is what we want, right? We want this to be a life change. It's not a quick fix. And then, you know, just trying different activities. You know, if you're like, oh, I hate walking, maybe maybe it's biking, right? Like just just trying some new things that you haven't tried in a while, you know, instead of quote unquote torturing yourself, see if there's something else that you like and, and opening up and being curious. And, and this is what's going to sustain the activity if you actually enjoy it, right? And again, let's try to find the joy in life. So some ideas could be biking, walking, jogging, swimming, dance, yoga, tai chi, and there are tons of other things, right? So just getting curious and trying new things can certainly help keep that habit and sustain it over the long term. Uh, and meditation, you know, and I, I can pretty much copy and paste the benefits and the concerns, right? So I would, especially if there are some, any mental depression diagnosis, I, I would urge you to speak to your doctor um, before starting any new practices just to get an understanding of the, the benefits and the side effects of even meditation. 
and we will have some links in the descriptions of these courses to go over. And, and when you take your baseline surveys, that's one of the surveys that you take is, you know, meditation. Uh, and it's not to scare you, but it is to say that there can be some side effects to meditation. Uh, so those are important things to know um, and, and just, just to be informed, right? But very similar to exercise, just even a few minutes a day, we want to create a habit. So just start with grounding, right? A minute or two of grounding. But if you, if you notice any increased anxiety or emotional response or distress as you're doing this, again, speaking with a doctor, super important. Those are things to notice. But the reasons why you may want to meditate there are many reasons why, but improve sleep, decrease stress and anxiety, and, and, and again, it just improves your overall health. As I said, uh, starting off slow, just a few minutes a day can help. Uh, trying not to push yourself, and again, going for an hour-long meditation, uh, it, 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 that's going to be difficult, especially if you have not uh, done it on a regular basis, for sure. So you, you just want to do it in small steps to try and create this habit. And again, you know, maybe this is a team challenge. And again, trying not to judge yourself. We want to be gentle and kind. We, we're trying to create joy and well-being, not negative and hateful self-talk. This is a life change, not a quick fix. And, and then again, trying different meditations. And there are many meditation apps out there. Uh, the, the meditation process that we use in curiosity-based management is called iRest. And again, that will be in the descriptions of some of the blogs on the website. Uh, and we go into uh, the details of why we do it. But you know, some of the main reasons are it is secular. There's no, uh, while meditation in general is based on Buddhism. This is a secular meditation and it is also a trauma sensitive practice, which is really important. And, and this has been used in various fields. They've used it with depression uh, for sleep disorders. They've used it for PTSD. So we know it works and we know it's trauma sensitive, which is, is, is very important. There's a lot of research, again, and a wide range of subjects on this. And so we, we trust that the system be very helpful and effective. And then just some tips for daily life. And, and some of these we've talked about already. Emails. Research shows that if we can leave emails and texts and chat till later in the day and, and use the morning for creativity because emails, chat, and texts can drain the creativity out of us. It can also induce stress and anxiety and it can be super time-wasting, right? So if we can avoid them in the mornings, now some of it we can't because we have to check our schedules. We have to see any cancellations and that's really important. But if it's just a quick check to make sure that there's nothing super urgent and then we move on to things that we that we can take care of that can be beneficial multitasking is horrible uh, it's just it's terrible so if you can stop multitasking you may believe that you are great at multitasking but it um, you know research shows that multitasking lowers IQ by 17 percent uh, and we'll throw this in the description as well but there's been a lot of research done on multitasking and it's just it is, first of all, it's not possible to truly multitask. 
and it really it, it's it, it just creates stress uh, it creates anxiety it doesn't it doesn't help so if we can reduce our multitasking um, and then you know some mindful ways to use email text and chat like you know so eliminating email addiction so this is something that we all do at least the vast majority of us is that we're just constantly checking our email or text or uh, you know checking email two hours after you get to work again you may want to depending on how important you know you may have to check your schedule first thing just to make sure okay there's no issues and then, you know, if you can put it off and just check it on a reoccurring basis, but not constantly. Uh, so again, so you can get that creative work done or whatever it is that you need to get done. And turning off email push, if that's at all possible, we can set up a different scenario so that urgent scheduling changes come in a different method. And that's the only thing you'll get that way. That would be very helpful. And do not reply to or send any emails during your time off, including out of office hours and vaca- on, uh, for vacation and holidays can be helpful. Do not send nor reply to, to uh, from emails at any level without when they do have an office, out of office or a vacation, just because this is their personal time. So we want to respect those boundaries. Block times to check email and try your best to respect those times. Again, there could be urgent scheduling issues. So if we can change the method at which we get those, that can help. And when responding to emails, if you can avoid it, try not to send them right away. Save them to your drafts, go back and check them and just reread them and, and see if there's a tone or you know what what's showing up and in the email, even checking for spelling and grammar, just another way, just to make sure that we are actually saying what we mean and what what is needed in that moment. Uh, and once you believe you're in a good personal frame of mind, you know, then check that email uh, and then send it. A mindful path to checking your email would be like to take breaks in between emails putting your hands on your desk, taking some breaths, trying not to carry emotions from a previous email to the next one. Because again, the intention of the email is to respond with the information that is being asked, not to bring in some other issues that were from a previous email. Some mindful ways to write emails uh, is being concise, empathetic, keeping them as simple as possible, will have uh, the best result. Uh, Use the enter key as much as possible, typing shorter paragraphs, and again, not hitting the send button immediately. (laughs) This goes for texts or uh, Facebook posts, right, is taking a moment and what are we doing right now? Are we being righteous or are we giving the right information? And should I say this to this person, right? Is this topic too delicate? Uh, Would it be better to talk to them in person, reading it a couple of times? Do I really want to say this to this person? Am I upset, right? Like you may have to wait and it may be, maybe it's not 10 minutes. Maybe it's a few hours before you send this email, if it can wait. Considering your role. So if you're sending this email to somebody reporting to you, consider the tone and remember that your words have greater impact. A simple suggestion may be considered an order, just something to note. 
And again, shutting off your devices, uh, technology is a wonderful thing, uh, but, but just much like email, it can be a big time waster and it can shoot the anxiety up to 100. Uh, so, you know, getting away from your device, uh, movement, meditation, a hobby that brings you joy, uh, much better use of your time. Uh, and we'll throw up into the uh, description uh, another study that was done on um, even when you have the phone out and it's available. Um, they did a study uh, with people at dinner with friends and family, and they had access to their phone versus they did not have access to their phone. And even that changed the dynamic and the perspective. Uh, so really, if you can just put your phone away, uh, leave it in the car, where, wherever, you'll get much more enjoyment than you would if you keep that phone beside you at all times. And, you know, this is something that I've avoided for years. And I, 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 <laughs> I had no idea what I wanted to do because, like, I don't like to socialize. And I found it's so much easier to bury myself in work, right? But having a hobby that you can enjoy can, again, be so joyful and bring a lot of purpose and meaning to your life. Um, boundaries, compassion and boundaries are critical. Um, you know, we'll be talking about compassion a lot throughout this process. This is really important. This doesn't just mean for the workplace, but this is in your everyday life, right? You need to have boundaries aligned to your values. And, and this will give you the confidence to say no or yes when you need to. So again, aligning your boundaries to your values can really be helpful. And then when all else fails, uh, try to be curious and you know, asking questions is a great place to start. And for me, I try to use curiosity as much as I can uh, when this happens. You know, if I'm stuck, asking a few questions can really change the perspective and I can, I find myself opening up to the experience more than I would and I can then align to my values. I say this all the time, but I may not win an Olympic medal for some of these experiences. They're not always going to be pretty. And it doesn't mean that there will be no anxiety or no stress. There's still going to be emotions and thoughts. There's going to be sadness and anger, right? Those things are still going to come. But if I can provide myself a little bit more compassion, it just gives me more peace. And that's, again, joy, peace is, is really what we're looking for here. Uh, decreasing stress and anxiety. So curiosity means that you're more open to the present moment. And sometimes that's all it takes to change that perceived mistake or hardship or unexpected opportunity in, into an unexpected opportunity, which gives us an opportunity to learn. And it may be, this could be something that we enjoy. All else fails, hit the curious button, and, and that can really help and it can really help with those compassionate boundaries, right? Wait a second. Does this align with my values right now? Or if it doesn't, then why am I doing it? Uh, that, that can be very helpful. But, you know, as always, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, feel free to reach out. And I, I thank you again for your time. And thank you for watching and listening.
hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to learn more about 3Pi Squared and the products and services that we provide, please go to www.3pisquared.com. And if you enjoy our podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe or add it to your favorites. This way you won't miss any episodes. And you can also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn by searching 3Pi Squared. Thank you so much for listening.